Hey, Fish, we are live here. Daily Fish is live coming to you from Vegas and Myrtle Beach. And we're going to be talking a lot of football and a lot of other sports. We've got a little politics, stuff like that. We've got some great stuff going on for you. Hopefully everybody is well and uh, doing fine. We are waiting for the hardline, John Hardison, to come on, uh, come on board and talk to us. Uh, unfortunately, he's having a little hard time getting in there. Hard time for a hardline. And again, we are I am John Daly. He is Eric Fish Snyder, and we have the hardline, John Hardison, the Cost of Winning Podcast. He's going to have his betting advice, hopefully very soon. Hopefully, we're going to get him on here. Uh, Fish, let's let's start because we've got our three big things that each of us going to talk about from <clears throat> NFL Sunday, uh, Week Twelve. Was it Week Twelve? I guess it was Week Twelve, wasn't it? Yeah. No. What do you got? It was Week. Uh, yeah, Week Eleven. Uh, who? Week I, 11. I, there's, there's, there, could, there could be twenty weeks. I'd be so happy. Okay. First of all, the three things I took, you know, I'm thankful that it's Thanksgiving week. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for Hardison, who always seems to have to move his bowels right when the damn show starts. But we'll give him that because you know what? You got to go at our age. You got to go. And I think he's coming in right now. Let's see if we can get him. Um, having a hard time. Oh, there he is. Let me see. Is that there you? he is. He's not in the bathroom. Oh, oh. Yeah. Look at that. What's up, man? We, we can see like your body. We can we see half your head. So that's what she said. Yeah, yeah, you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what she said. As as you focus yourself, um, hope you had a nice spell. And I'm thankful for you, and I'm thankful for daily. It's Thanksgiving week. And John said, "What were the first the, the three things that stood out to you this NFL weekend?" One was because I'm so thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for the Detroit Lions winning three in a row. Everyone wrote them off. I'm thankful for me. This is me sleeping last night at a much-needed victory. Check this out. <laughs> That's me sleeping if it ever comes through. Come on. Go. Isn't that cute? And then I got a video to show you because this is what you well, – I got a video to show you. Dude, yeah, this is my third thing. So this is the video I have to show you about – everyone said teams are tanking and they're not together. Check this out. Oh, no. I want your response no. afterwards. You really that boy? No, you that boy. You that boy. You that boy. You that boy. It started on Monday of last week. You had great resolve. You had great effort in practice. You prepared hard. And you strained, okay? And it took it took 64 minutes. Where's AJ Cole at? Come on, AJ Cole. This group, you should believe in yourself. Okay, I'm just telling you, you just got to believe in one another. You got to keep getting better. We got to keep working at it. It's been a long season. It's November. Oh, it's Thanksgiving week. Oh, yeah. We got a victory. Great. Let's hope that enthusiasm Victory keeps Monday, up. baby. Victory Monday. All right. That's my three things. I'm excited. And go out and get the paper and not read all the bullshit about the Raiders. Those are my three things. Way to go, Lions. All right. Super. All right, hard line. What are your three? Uh, you know what? So I'll start. Uh, my three things are Arthur Smith seems to be turning it around down in Atlanta. Uh, this is the best I've seen Marcus Mariota play in a very long time. They've been competitive almost every game. 
Uh, I know a lot of people wrote them off this year. I, you know, at the beginning of the season, I talked about how I actually like what they have going down there. Uh, I know a lot of people are upset with the usage of Kyle Pitts, but look, they're still in the mix to win the NFC South and they could be on their verge to making a playoff game and possibly hosting one. So, you know, don't, don't write them out quite a bit yet. Uh, uh, Number two is Cincinnati seems to be getting back on track. You know, we, there was a lot of questions at the beginning of the year, Um, a hard fought win. I know they lost, to Pittsburgh the first game of the season, came back, won this one. Even without Jamar Chase, they're still finding ways to win, still finding ways to be effective. Uh, You know, one of the heads got cut off, but they still got T. Higgins. They still got Hayden Hurst. They still got Joe Mixon. They still got one of the best quarterbacks in the game in Joe Burrow. So, you know, congratulations to Cincinnati. And uh, (laughs) the last thing I'll say is, are the Vikings being the Vikings? Like, this, this is the thing. Everybody had a lot of hope. A lot of people are a lot really excited for him. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, for me, I kind of was waiting on the bottom to fall out. Uh, I've talked to some diehard Vikings fans, and they're like, yeah, this is about the way it usually goes. So uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll kind of see in that. And then, you know, I'll, I'll kind of add a little caveat to it, which is uh, Jeff Saturday might actually be moving his stuff into the office now. I know there's been, you know, a lot of questions about uh, the situation around how he got the job. But look. He took the Eagles, which a lot of people are saying is the best team in the NFC, down to the wire. And, uh, you know, for this just to be a second game, it's pretty impressive. The amount of uh, respect that he's given Matt Ryan, the amount of control that he's given Matt Ryan, and uh, how he's gotten back to running the ball and how effective that defense is, even without Shaquille Leonard. So there's a lot of positivity going through that organization right now. All right. Uh, Those are your three. I'm going to dovetail off you, Hardline. Uh, Again, the Vikings were crushed by the Cowboys, but I think the Vikings were drained from that win in Buffalo last week, all week long. All they were doing, there was being interviewed all about Justin Jefferson's catch and the incredible comeback. I think that was just a, it's a one-off. I, I do think the Vikings are a better team. I think they are going to come back. Um, the other, the other thing I thought, uh, I thought the Colts were actually going to beat the Eagles. I really felt that when I was watching that game, I agree with you, everything that Saturday is saying there, but I think that's a good game for the Eagles because I think the Eagles, uh, and again, they're a team that yeah, they've been around the playoffs, but uh, with Jalen Hurts just really kind of getting into his own, it was a good December type game for him. Yeah. So he's going to he's going to realize what he has to do. He didn't play great yes, uh, yesterday, but he actually did fairly well. The other thing I'll say is, oh, my God, the Chiefs, the Chiefs in that comeback win last night against the Chargers, uh, Mahomes and Kelsey just showed exactly. I think they're the number one team in the AFC, and I know they are, and I think they're going to be. I feel bad for Justin Herbert because um, I, I thought he played a good game last night. Just their defense is worn out. I mean, they are just a worn out. De- you saw it against the 49ers um, the week before as well. But and then the last thing, I'm going to throw a fourth one there because Fish and I were kind of talking about this off air. The end of the Patriots Jets game, a punt return. Wow. And at the same time, too, I thought there was a clip on that. And I heard some explanation saying that he got his head in front. Um, what, what did you guys think when you saw that? I'll go first. First of all, if the clip happened, it happened at the seven yard line. So it moves it back to the 22, they kick a field goal and win. It, it, it can't extend the play. Number two, can you imagine being a fan at that game in New England going crazy? And number three, I'm going to ask both of you guys. You ever had a guy on a team that you like? I mean, hard line. You ever had a guy in the Lions that you really love and they go somewhere else and they, they do extraordinary? We had Corderell Patterson on the Raiders. And yeah. this guy, nine kickoff returns. Talk about the Devin Hester's and the Billy White's Johnson and all these in the past. 
this guy's electric and he keeps that Atlanta Falcon team in games. Yeah. Yep. Uh, All right. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you, uh, Fisher, what you're saying. They kick a field goal win anyway. Uh, Yeah, I've had a lot of people on Matt Stafford and Dominican too. Uh, I've had Darius Slay, who's over with the Eagles right now, and I can keep going on and on. Uh, but you know what? This The best thing about and I'm not even a New England fan, but it goes back to the brilliance of Bill Belichick. And I know we were sitting here at the beginning of the season, even before the season started, and everyone thought it, Bill Belichick has to be crazy that he's letting uh, Matt Patricia and Aaron Judge – I mean uh, Joe Judge – run the offense. Everybody was like, they're not going to win. You know, what? what is and the brilliance again of Belichick has shown, no matter who's on my staff, I can grind out wins. I didn't say they were going to be pretty, but I told you they would be W's at the end of the day. Excellent. And, and, and Aaron Judge was calling the plays Gary, yesterday. Gary, I don't know is, if you realize that. I knew you were going to say, I knew you were going to say that. What are both your takes real quick in 30 seconds about, Zach Wilson's response when a reporter said to him, do you think you owe your defense an apology for the offense being so putrid? And he goes, hell no. You know, he's getting a lot of crap about that because you've got to take accountability when you're 7 out of 22 for 89 yards. What a, what a horrible game, 3-3. Three, three. And last thing, the Rams are done. Put a fork yep. in them. Rams are done. Yep. Ditto on both. What do you think, Hardline? Uh, I knew the Rams were going to be done before the season even started. I mean, it's it's the Super Bowl hangover. Uh, look, the Jets are the Jets in terms of offense. I don't know. Like, look, they put a lot of of pressure on the on the defense. The defense did what they needed to, but the offense has always been sporadic this year. So nothing surprised me. Again, we are Daily Fish coming to you from Vegas, Myrtle Beach. I am John Daly. He is Eric Fish Schneider. We have the hard line here from the Cost of Winning podcast. You're going to get his betting advice coming up really soon questions or comments all you got to do is email us at dailyfish1 the number one dailyfish1 at gmail.com all right next topic what a great weekend in college football and now the big rivalries are coming up this weekend so we ask ourselves who makes the final four in college football fish you go first well i like georgia i like tcu i like clemson it's that it's that, and then Ohio State. Here's there's so many different carrots to this whole thing. Okay, they 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 want Paul Feinbaum, who works for ESPN, said they like nothing more than to get USC into the mix because they want that West Coast audience. But they have Notre Dame and the Pac-12 championship game. I'll ask Hardline this, and you know, leave. Do you think that if LSU beats Georgia, they could be the first two team, two loss team in the playoffs? Uh. No, not this year. And the only reason I say that is there are so many other teams and so many other factors. I don't think that LSU makes it. It's going to be very close, um, but I don't. Only because I I was trying to figure out, looking at kind of the brackets, even if Georgia Georgia wins this weekend and let's say they lose to LSU, it's still only one loss and they don't really take much of a hit. So they're, they're locked in. Ohio State. For the most part, as long as they beat Michigan, uh, they're locked in because I don't see anybody on the on the Big Ten. I think it's Big Ten East because they're in the Big Ten West. Big Ten East beating them in the Big Ten championship game. Iowa is just Iowa, even if they're at that point or if Illinois seems to get there. Um, TCU, because of the Big 12, uh, and this is kind of like a swan song because the Big 12 is dismantling pretty soon. But I think, you know, TCU makes it. Uh, 
I got USC actually getting in. I think that they'll beat, you know, and we'll talk about this. I think they have a strong position this weekend. I think especially that in the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, but I think USC makes it. Interesting. Fish, I'm with you. I'm, I'm a, uh, I, I don't. I don't have USC getting in. So I've got, I got Georgia, Ohio State. Um, I've got TCU and I've got Clemson, just like you do. Um, I think, I think Notre Dame is going to upset USC this weekend. Uh, the game to me to watch this weekend, yes, it's going to be Michigan and Ohio state, but it's the Clemson South Carolina game. What South Carolina did to Tennessee was absolutely shocking. I mean, Tennessee lost, you know, quarterback Hendon Hooker, who Probably is going to be a number one draft pick next year, as long as his knee problem isn't, isn't really bad. Um, but you got to watch South Carolina Clemson this weekend. The Gamecocks have a quarterback. His name is Spencer Rattler. What a great name. Now, he was once a starter at Oklahoma a couple of years ago, and then he, he transferred over to South Carolina. He just tore apart a team that I think a lot of people thought was definitely going to go and be in the top four. Um, so I, I would watch that game. And let me go back to the LSU question. I think if LSU beats Georgia, and because LSU, most of their lousy games were early part of the season, they've really started coming on and playing towards the end of the season. And, and again, may, maybe I'm thinking more like the uh, NCAA basketball. If you start playing well towards the end, that's when they give you more credit. But I, I think LSU does have a chance at it. Um, but I'm going to go with the four that Fish and I had and uh, Hardline. Um, I, I, I think – I think SC is going to have a tough time. They had to be drained from that UCLA game. I think they're going to be drained from the Notre Dame game. And they're probably going to end up yeah, – I, I don't really know who they're going to play yet. I mean, there's a good chance they could still play Utah in, in that championship game. So here's the thing about USC. Um, Notre Dame-USC is, is, a, is such a huge rivalry game, um, especially for everything that they got going on over there. I think that if USC makes it, and I really do think that they're going to beat Notre Dame. I mean, it's been a while since they've beaten Notre Dame, but they haven't had a team this good in a while. Yeah, It may be because of their strength of schedule and who they've beaten. I think that might push them into the fourth spot over Clemson. I don't think that Clemson's strength of schedule has been the best this year. And I think because of that, that might factor into why they push USC forward. Wrong. You can't play Rice. And Fresno State in the preseason, like SC did. Their strength of schedule, the only thing they played in the top 10 at the time was Utah, and they lost. UCLA stinks. Uh, they haven't played Washington. They haven't played Oregon. They have to play Oregon. Oregon's got one loss, and the one loss is to Georgia. Um, John brought something up real quick, though. Spencer Rattler, do you know why he left Oklahoma? Because Caleb Williams beat him out. And he yeah. was a high, very, very high recruit, Spencer Rattler. He goes to South Carolina. Yeah. Caleb Williams goes to USC. Lighten it up. I have him at the top of the – he comes out, he's top of the quarterback. I have him above Bryce Young, and I have him above mm. C.J. Stroud. Caleb cool. Williams is dynamite, okay. hard line. Dynamite. Yeah. He no, he's very, very good. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, and, any comment to that, or should we move to topic number three? No, you're good. All right, here we go. All right. So uh, African-Americans in baseball, the lowest in three decades, only 8% of uh, baseball players in the MLB are African-American. Until 1999, there were 40%. So why are we seeing fewer Black Americans playing Major League Baseball? So, Fish, I'll let you go first. 
Well, I brought this talk up, uh, brought brought this topic up to you and Hardline. We did we did a little rehearsal after the show because Stephen A. Smith was very adamant about it that it's tough to watch because only 7.2 percent of Major League Baseball players are African American. Joe Morgan spent his whole life. Joe Morgan was, other than Willie Mays, is my second favorite baseball player ever, and I'm a Dodger fan. I went from a Red and say, hey, John, the Giants fans, crazy, right? He spent his whole life trying to build baseball stadiums or baseball fields in lower income markets and did a great job of doing it. And in L.A., 94% of the kids have a chance to play baseball. I think, and I'm going to prefer to defer to Mr. Hardline here, that it's easier for a kid of a lower economic and correct me at any time, jumping wrong. To make it in other sports, when you play one year of college basketball, you can get paid at 19. You play two years of college football, you get paid at 20. Baseball, it's a treacherous road. You have at least two or three years in the minors. Not everyone's a Bryce Harper, right, Daily sport religiously. So if you're if you're going to wait to get paid till you're 23 or 24, why not play a sport where you can get paid now? And now soccer's starting to pay a lot of money to young kids coming out of high school in many leagues around the world. Hardline, what do you think? I think the money implication is is big. I think you know, look, as you said before, uh, it's a grind. You know, it's a very small percentage of those who go into the minors that actually make it. You know, even to AAA from AAA to to the majors. Uh, but I also think, look, you know, the reality is, I think that it's it's a lack of representation is one because you look around, and I don't think that you see as many. African-Americans in the game. I mean, even when I was a kid growing up in the 90s, there, there's players that I can name, you know, Dontrell Willis, you know, Derek Jeter, Ken Griffey Jr., who, I mean, is, was the poster child for, for 90s baseball for a good bit of a run. And even, you know, we talk about the 70s, we talk about the 80s. I think it's just the representation and you not seeing someone that looks like you if you're a kid that was born in the early 2000s that now maybe that you want to play or even the late 90s. I think the other implication to it really is just how expensive baseball is. You know, look, like in your area, it used to be you could just play teams in your area and maybe you travel a little bit more. Now with the AAU circuit, I mean, you got people going playing three, four games a weekend, you know, traveling to different states. There's scouts out there looking at different states. And if you're not in that pipeline, I mean, good luck, you know, getting a chance to play on the next level if you decide to go to college. Or if you forego college and go into and go into the farm system, I mean it. It's not the easiest journey. Yes, there's more spots than it is on a basketball team, but I just think that it lacks that connection that you get. Like I could go to a basketball game and I can name five basketball black basketball players. Football, same thing. Um, and even even though it's not at the same level yet, like black people in hockey is growing as well, um, and that's. In that cost as well, but I mean baseball. It's a year-round sport. It. I, my cousin actually used to play baseball AAU in the South, and he got to a point where he got burned out because he's like, it's all year. At some point in the South, you got to make a decision that it's either baseball or football, and all your attention just going to one. You don't really get to play both like that. All right, great. Let me ask uh, good you point, this to be controversial. I'll, I'll, I'll get some hate mail on this, but you're a young African-American kid. And you're watching a game with your dad. You're seven years old. And you see Alvarez come up with the Houston Astros. He's black. Okay. You can't look at his face. He, Keyshawn Johnson said that he always got, he always got 
um, mistaken for Yasiel Puig. Have you seen Yasiel Puig? He looks exactly like Keyshawn Johnson. So when a kid sees that, does he automatically know that it's not African American, or is he just because he's seen a black face? So uh, and and there's a lot of black baseball players. They're just not African American. I get what you're saying, and I understand that. But don't you think if you're an athlete, if you're a young kid, you want to you want to make something? Do you want to wait till you're 25, or do you want to get it at 19? Get paid. No, I mean, That's all I'm mean, talking about. You no. said make make memories and make money and get it now because you don't know when your career is going to be over. You know. No, I mean you're right. Look, you you want to get money. I mean it's it's kind of long term effect of look. You know, baseball doesn't have a cap, so you know, look, we're looking at the spending spree right now of what they're going after Aaron Judge for. I mean, look at your Dodgers. They've cut or, or let go quite a bit of people in pursuit of him as well. So. That's the the flip side of you can get a bigger payday later down the road. Uh, yeah, when you look at someone who's Afro-Latino, yeah, you, you do see them. They look maybe a little bit like you, but you can tell that they're not you. They're not from your community, right? Like if I put Yasiel Puig, King Griffey Jr., excuse me, and uh, let's let's go, you know, Willie Mays next to each other, I could clearly see a distinction. Now, it's not saying that I don't, acknowledge that person as being Afro-Latino or they have some type of uh, of African heritage to them. But there's a difference, especially in that just connection that you have with it. I mean, look, we talk about how this one person that we talk about and we uh, we didn't mention him in terms of him doing his community service in terms of getting African-Americans into baseball as well. But Jimmy Rollins was really big mm-hmm. on uh, building those as well in, uh, in the Philadelphia area when he was there in other low-income areas as well. Yeah, I, I think you guys hit everything right, uh, hit the nail right on the head there. Uh, I've got a lot of friends who are fairly wealthy, their parents, their grandparents. They're always traveling with their kids or grandkids. And so they're, they're, they're paying money in all those leagues that you guys are talking about. Um, the other thing I would say is look what's going on in Latin American countries and also the Caribbean countries. Um, baseball is like a national sport down there. I was in Curacao. Now, Curacao has the most Major League Baseball players per capita than any other country in the world. They have ballparks set up all over the place. They're year-round. They play on very tough ground. So you see some really great infielders that come from there because they're used to, you're not, they're not used to the, you know, the nice manicured infields. They get the bounces there. So I, I think it, I think there's an economic thing on both sides there uh, that's happening. Go ahead. But real quick, baseball players get the least amount of endorsements than any other mate. Even hockey players get better endorsements because the game's not watched. And it also helps any young kid. Can I make money? Can I build my part of your brand and social media yeah. endorsements, NILs? There's no NILs on college baseball teams. There's NILs on college basketball teams and college football yeah. teams. I've said enough. Think about that. Cool. It's money. Yeah. Money. All righty. Let's go. It's time to go to Fish's famous memes. So what are you what are you gonna make us laugh at this week, Fish? Well, you know, I people always say to me when when I'm bartending, what was it like when you grew up? And what did you do to entertain yourself? Because the, this generation now, it's all about the cell phone. That's it. You entertain yourself with a cell phone. That's about it, kids. That's what they do. And, they, and it's great. I grew up and I went to a place called Indian Dunes, which is great. We did a lot of this. Okay. Wow. Remember those days? Which yeah. you were just on your bike and you're in front of your friends now, you know, and, and doing wheelies and all kinds of stuff. That was great. 
I'll show you what the 80s were like, okay? Growing up in the 80s, before all you <laughs> pussies took over, <laughs> you can't get a Budweiser. Uh, uh, John, you can't. John. I'll Good endorsement for Bud. You should be familiar with that. Right, exactly. <laughs> got a better one later. Um, also, something happened in the 80s. Would this ever happen now, Hardline? This is a girl on set. Look at the look at the bears. Look where his hands at. <laughs> He's getting off the field, isn't he? Or not? The Minnesota Vikings had a the Minnesota Vikings had to pay a fine because they drank on a plane. I drank on a plane yeah. and got drunk on a plane. You can't drink on a plane. It's ridiculous how bad this social this, this world culture is. Okay, so go from there to basically what I think is and now this is a now meme. Okay, and I've always wanted to date this girl. Hardline, explain what this is. Look <laughs> 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 at that hairdo. All right. Oh my that's god. That's big like hardline. Look at that. That's big. That's big like hardline. It's like, oh my god. Give me some jambalaya with that motherfucker. Look at that. That's uh for all you listeners out there. It's a lady with a phallic symbol, and phonetically speaking, that's a penis. Her her hair is shaped like big testicles and a penis. With a nice, nice, nice circumcision. Okay. Now, <laughs> on a lighter note, this is true. This is very true. Thanksgiving week, right? We're thankful for each other and our health, and your health is your wealth, right? This is really true. I love this. Is the last meme, and we'll leave it. Leave it on a high note. This is great. I'll read it. This guy has his dog, and she can't walk anymore, so he takes her out for a walk every day in a wheelchair. And the person that put this on said, "I couldn't find any words for this. I did some research. This guy's 89 years old." That dog is 16, and he takes his dog out in his wheelchair. It's very touching. And then when the dog has to go to the bathroom, he kind of picks him up and then just takes him for a walk. And everyone feeds the dog and loves the dog in the neighborhood. And that's the guy's name is Art, and uh, and his dog's name is Ralphie. That's Beautiful. Beautiful. Good stuff. Good really good stuff. All right. All right, folks, thanks for joining us here on Daily Fish. We talk sports, entertainment, politics, everything in between. Just like you do, no woke, no extreme, no social justice cops here. You got a problem with us? Yeah, suck it up. Or send us a question or a comment. Email us at dailyfish1 at gmail.com. All right, now it is time for our schmuck of the week. Who has been schmucky this week, Fish? Pissed off. Uh, could you imagine, Hardline, Entertainment Capital of the World here in Las Vegas? Could you imagine that you bought tickets for the World Cup, which starts? We have a game in an hour. USA plays yep. Wales, laddies, and I, on Fox. Can you imagine buying tickets for this thing, and they tell you while you're there that they're not serving alcohol? This is this is the main statement. How do you say it, John Cutter? Uh, Cutter. What, it, sometimes they call it Qatar, but, I, but, they, but it, they've been. It's Cutter. Yeah. Cutter. Okay. Because of religious reasons in this country, you can't drink. They don't like. They don't. They're not allowing alcohol in the stadiums. Well, the Germans are going crazy. The English are going crazy. The Part of the experience of going to a game is having alcohol. Now, it's unfortunate for some. You can drink in the hotels, but in a lot of spots you can't drink. And I think that's complete bullshit. If you would have told these people this five months ago when they're buying tickets, they wouldn't have gone. Go ahead. No, and they, and they, they just announced it two or three days before the opening of the uh, tournament. So, I mean, that's the thing. And a lot of people it's are very angry. There's, there's a lot of Germans that are boycotting it. They're not even going. I, you and know what's the crazy yeah, part? For me, I saw this coming like a mile, a mile wide. Like I, knowing that it was in Cutter and how Cutter is, I really didn't think that they were serving liquor. And then when they came out with this whole thing, I was like, "Oh, 
oh, they, they rescinded the idea. I was like, oh, you know, just knowing how religious the country is, I was like, I, don't, I was surprised they got the World Cup bid to begin with. Well, there's a lot okay. of questions about that the as well. The main sponsor, John, the main sponsor for these games is Budweiser. And their president, <laughs> I think of the guy's name, he comes out and goes, this is a very awkward situation. I mean, and and the Olympic Committee said, we are never going to consider another Arab nation again for the World Cup. You should have done your homework, you know? And again, you know, I hate politics and religion. It's, it, it, I, don't, I don't understand. It, it, it's a huge schmuck of the week for the organizing committee, not knowing, and a schmuck week for them doing that to the people that are going there to enjoy. You want to show off your country, and you just you just put a big, 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 big bad. All right. So so is it FIFA or is it Qatar that's the, the schmuck of the week? Both. 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 No. Okay. Very good. Let's find out who's – Okay, let's find out who's got the swag. Who are we celebrating this week, Fish? I, I go back. I'm going to old school again because, you know, uh, it's Thanksgiving. So for all of you guys that are down and out and think that you have no chance in life, I'm going to read this caption. This is Babe Ruth, all right? It says here, before the age of eight, Babe Ruth was a tobacco-chewing, whiskey-drinking, law-breaking delinquent and was sent to live at a Catholic reform school where he learned how to play baseball. And it's true. The kid was just – he was his dad took him when he was eight years old, and he learned – from all the Catholic guys there and the priest had to play baseball and he turned his life around. And what did Babe Ruth do? Whenever he went to a stadium, he bought hot dogs for the kids, gave them peanuts and, and, and bought alcohol for people. He gave a lot. You saw a lot of bad about Babe Ruth, but there was a lot of good. And he's one of the pioneers of this game that you, that you look at and say, okay, everyone knows who Babe, when you say Babe Ruth in sports, everyone knows who he is. And I give him swag because he didn't have a great upbringing. Yep. All right, let's see who. Uh, let's see how we're going to celebrate with our drink of the week, and we're going to celebrate the babe and others who gave back. So, uh, fish, what is our drink of the week? This is a you know a very popular drink during the Thanksgiving holidays. It's a Rob Roy. I have it in here. Well, John has it. You know, I mean, John. Boy, tell you what, man. John's in Las Vegas right now. He's at a, he's in an associate's house. He couldn't be in the same house with me doing it in my house. Because he's afraid to give me a reach around, but we won't go through that. So, anyways, this is the Rob Roy. <laughs> this is we Thanksgiving. Arlen, you can be here too, but then we really have it. We really get a lot of ratings because he's he, he see he, he see that thing that we just. You know what? If Daily was here right now and Harline was here, this is this is the only thing that Daily would be thinking about is this. But this is the Rob Roy. Okay, that's <laughs> <coughs> beautiful, beautiful. Get a whiskey. So explain explain your right, Rob Roy. Get some, get yes. some sweeper. Two ounces. Okay, it's two ounces of whiskey, about an ounce and a half of sweet vermouth, and put a couple dashes of bitters in there. Put it all over the rocks or put it straight up. But that and, you know, you got your, your pomegranate martinis, anything, your cranberry martinis are very popular for Thanksgiving. Rob Roy's traditional. Yep, and Rob Roy was actually a Scottish folk hero back in the 17th, 18th centuries. He was an outlaw. He was like the Robin Hood of Scotland. And um, there was an operetta. I believe it was like 1894 that was done on him in New York. And one of the bartenders at the Waldorf came up with the Rob Roy for the opening night for that show. And that's how it came about. So the Rob Roy has been around for, wow, well over 120 years or so. Anyway. All right. The Daily Fish Drink of the Week is sponsored by Shuck's Tavern in Vegas. Great seafood and drinks in two locations. 
head to Shep's Tavern on North Durango in the northwest side of town where another Rob Roy exists. It's Fish. He is Chuck's overnight guy. And all you got to do is go in there and say Daily Fish Podcast. You get a free drink. Do it the next day. Free appetizer. That's Shucks Tavern. Check them out on Facebook as well. Again, this is Daily Fish. We're on Facebook at daily.fish.5. Subscribe there. Also subscribe to us on YouTube. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, and Amazon. Watch us on Facebook at Myrtle Beach Golf Channel and Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Life. You can check us out on YouTube and Wingding TV and Hey Vegas TV. And also check out our posts and news updates on Twitter as well. All right, let's get some bets from the Daily Fish Hardline. I, I have Again, no idea what you're going to say. You have no idea what? I have no idea what you're going to say. So before we get to the Hardline, you talk about Rob Roy. I have no idea. But my wife's Scottish. <laughs> she says, she would say, Rob, Rob, do <laughs> the accent. Because Rob Roy's got a nothing on the William Wallace. He's actually a fucking pooper. <laughs> <laughs> William Wallace is considered forget it let's go to hard life <laughs> all right again he's got the cost of winning podcast you can get him on Spotify hey. Google and Apple podcast but he's here with us all right hardline let's uh let's start off with uh, uh let me see you want to start off the Thanksgiving games is that what you're looking at yeah we'll start off with the Thanksgiving games the time honored tradition of Thanksgiving of football on Ooh. turkey day uh, unfortunately, you know, we lost the creator of the turducken, you know, but it still lives on in our hearts uh, in Las Vegas as well. And speaking of tradition, we're going to start off with the first game and the best game of the whole slate, which is the Detroit Lions that play in the early window. And as tradition, they're going to lose again. They have not won a Thanksgiving game since 2016 when they played the Minnesota Vikings. By God, they're going to get the crap kicked out of them. Just and they're going to get stuffed like a turkey by the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Just take Buffalo, you know, plus nine and a half. It's going to be a slaughter. Wow, wow! I actually had I actually had the Lions. I, I think the Lions are actually doing pretty good. But you thinking don't that, let, that it's uh, don't don't be fooled by that, huh? Don't let that three game win streak fool you. It's been a fun ride, but I know how this ride ends, and every time it ends up with a trip to the doctor. Okay, oh, come all on. right. They're uh, playing good ball. They are playing no, good. That, that's that's horse shit. You, you know, give them give them fucking credit. I'll tell you what. Every single pundit can't get off the Justin Fields bandwagon. Drive me crazy. Talk about Dallas and Justin Fields this morning. The guy can't throw for 140, 140 yards. Three weeks in a row, he's thrown a critical interception in the fourth quarter. You guys had a pick six against him. You're playing good ball right now with a ton of injuries. We're playing You're good getting- ball, but we're not playing to the level of the Buffalo Bills. We're playing good ball against no, the New York Giants a bad Packers team, and we barely beat the Chicago Bears, a game that we probably should have been up more. I've been watching this you team. Would all, you would have lost all wow, horseshit. You would have lost all three of those games last year. You're a better football team, and they're playing hard for Dan Campbell. Move on. Giants and I think they are too. Dallas. Yeah. What do you think, Jalen? What do you got, Harvey? Okay. All right. I, we, I, we got a great middle plus nine. I think they're look. They played Dallas hard. They're a good team. It's a divisional game, but I'll take the Giants plus nine against Dallas. I don't think Dallas is going to knock them out. Dallas loses on Thanksgiving, too. They haven't won since 18, and they won 16. And in those two times, they only played the Washington Commanders. Every other team they play on Thanksgiving, they lose. Matter of fact, they lost to the uh, the Las Vegas Raiders last year on Thanksgiving. 
All right, Patriots, Vikings. Who are you picking in that one? I got to take the Patriots. I just think that Bill Belichick just keeps finding ways to get it done. Uh, that defense is hellacious over there in New England, and and I don't think they get as much credit as people people should. I mean, what did they have yesterday? Ten sacks on Zach Wilson. I mean, they yeah. they are good. Uh, I love Minnesota's passing game. Their run game makes me a little questionable. Their offensive line, in terms of in terms of run run blocking, makes it a little questionable. I think that the Patriots just get after them. I think the Patriots end up coming away with the win on Thursday. Wow. All right. Before we go, before we go to uh, college, uh, how about tonight's game? We've got the uh, 49ers uh, against the Cardinals. What are you thinking? Uh, you know what? I'll take the Niners. Uh, I, I think that the offense actually <laughs> moves a little bit better this year with Colt McCoy uh, behind, the, behind the line in Arizona. But I just think that the 49ers are just way too stacked. I think they're way too talented. Uh, I like the Cardinals' defense. I don't think that they're going to have an answer for CMC tonight. I think that he goes off and he has a really good game. You talk about UCF and South Florida, but I really want to talk about USC and Notre Dame. So do do UCF and South Florida under sixty nine and a half? Yeah, I mean, you know, look this uh, this game has implications for if UFC. Um, Moves up in the rankings. Uh, it's actually a fun game to watch. The last couple of years, it's been a little off and on. I think that look, UCF is a better school, but I think that they, I think it's under. I don't think that it's going to be a fireworks show like a lot of people are thinking. I know they see uh, South Florida. South Florida is known for having a really good offense, but I, I think it stays under this year. Okay, let's do Notre Dame USC. I got USC winning. I just think that USC is the much. This has a high implication in terms of. Uh, USC making the college football playoffs. Uh, if we had this conversation at the beginning of the year, I would not have said that Notre Dame would have turned it around, turned it around the way that they did. Uh, that game that they had here against BYU, I think, was the, the jumping point uh, for them being able to run off everything. And look, they've had some hard losses this year. What they lose to Marshall, they lost to Marshall towards the beginning of the year. Uh, they lost to yeah. was it Florida State. Was Florida State their first game of the year? Lots of Florida State, I think, as well. Yep. Uh, so, you know, look, uh, give credit to Marcus Freeman for, for turning it around, making his guys believe. Uh, but I don't think that they're better than USC. I think USC breaks their streak of I think they've lost four in a row, five in a row. I think that USC gets back on it, and I think they, they win in dominating fashion. So take USC, give up the five points, and you're still going to yep. win. Okay. All right, the big one. Ohio State, Michigan. What is Hardline saying on that? Oh, it's just let, let me every year. I, I mean, for the most part, uh, last year I think was a fluke, but I think it's Ohio State. I think they're a much better team than Michigan. I think they're more dominant. I did, <laughs> Michigan, Michigan has had the weakest schedule. And, and look, I argue with people who are U of M fans all the time. Until they improve their strength of schedule, I think this is always going to be the issue of it comes out to the last game of the season, which one wins. I From what I've seen, from Ohio State, I think C.J. Stroud is going to put an ass whooping on them, personally. All right. And that is the Daily Fish Hardlines. He's John Hardison. He has the Cost of Winning podcast, focusing on fantasy sports and sports betting. He's on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. He's always around here with us. And Hardline is going to stick around as we talk a little politics. All right, guys, we're getting into the last block of the show here. Um, let's talk a little political stuff here. Uh, so. 
I guess the question I'm going to throw out there is, can Donald Trump win again in 2024 for the presidency? He made his announcement that he is running again in 2024. Uh, the DOJ has also announced a special prosecutor to go after him on some of the criminal charges. So I guess the question is, Fish, I'll start with you first. Can Donald Trump win in 2024? When, when, when he lost to Joe Biden, every single pundit on both, well, not both, CNN and basically Fox said, there's so many indictments out after this guy. It's going gonna, it's gonna to end his politic, political career. I haven't seen one. Okay. And the January 6th committee, I don't know what Merrick Garland is waiting for, but there's no indictments. If he beats all these and he's a Teflon Don and he gets the GOP, um, can he win? I think it's a toss up right now. I don't know who's running for the Democrats. I don't know if Joe Biden's going to run again and be an 86 year old president or whatever he's going to be, or there's someone else out there. He has to say he's running right now. Can Trump win? I don't know. I, I think right now the momentum's with Ron DeSantis. To, to get get the nomination, but Trump is a huge following. Hardline, yeah, I think he has a very strong chance of, of you know getting that nomination and winning in twenty twenty four. I mean, there's a lot of people that say certain things about him, but they'll go and vote for him uh, based off of what they feel. Maybe in terms of his politics, maybe in terms of his I don't care attitude, maybe in terms of his tax breaks. But I mean, look, you've got people like Elon Musk backing him. They just unlocked his Twitter account, where a lot of people were upset about that. Um, one thing that he does well, and you look, John, we've talked about this before. He connects with people very well and he may, he brings people into his ecosystem and makes them feel a part of it. Um, the, the best part about, about the way that he ran, uh, and I know I'll get a lot of crap of it. It's like this guy was throwing like Taylor Swift concerts all through like 2015 and 2016. Like he had the hottest ticket around and everybody was waiting hours in line to go and see him try to meet him, um, you know, hear what he had to say, his I don't care what you have to say. I think he has a strong chance. And I know there's a lot of people that are like, well, we'll take the high road. Well, you tried that before, and he chopped everyone down the size. And, and you know, look, there's a lot of rich back people that love him that are going to back his campaign. He's going to funnel a bunch of money in. I don't think that these indictments are scaring people off as much as people may think. I think for people that are very into politics, Maybe, but I think for the average common person, they don't care. He's their president. Um, I'm, I'm going to kind of agree with you guys and kind of not. I think it's trending that he cannot win. Uh, and the reason I say that is you just, you know, you saw the in the uh, midterm elections that the people he backed just didn't do that, that well. Some of them did, but hard, most of them didn't do very well. You're beginning to see a lot of big donors who are saying, I'm not I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be a part of this. You're starting to see members of the Republican Party saying, OK, we need to go in a different direction. The question is, is that is that a trend or is that like what everybody said after January 6th and all of a sudden they jumped on his bandwagon again? So I don't know that. I think if that trend continues, I think he's going to have a difficult time of, of getting in there. Do I think that this special prosecutor is probably going to unveil some indictments? I do think they're coming up fairly soon. You know, based on the things that I'm, I'm reading and seeing. Uh, so I would say right now, I would give, I don't think his chances are as good as they would have been maybe a couple of months ago, as far as winning in 2024. And Fish, you're right. I have no idea who's going to run for the Democratic Party. Joe Biden just turned 80 years old. So that means 82. Yeah. He'll be, he'll be running, you know, as, 
you know, as, as a presidential candidate. So I just, I, I just, I don't know if I, I see that happening. Ron DeSantis depends if he can, I mean, he can, he can get all the electoral votes he wants in Florida. I just don't know that he can get them, you know, in the Midwest or in the, in the far West. He certainly he's not going to get them in the, uh, in the Northeast. So it'll be curious to see what happens there. There's a lot of stuff still to go on. Any more on that, or do you want to go to the next one? No, I, I agree. I mean, look, that's that's the question that a lot of, uh, you know, conservative talk that I've been listening to has been asking is, is if DeSantis gets it like he doesn't pull well outside of that region of Florida. So what do you do? You know, do you try to pair him maybe with a female vice president to maybe try to soften something and maybe bring more people in? Or do you just kind of tell him, like, you know, maybe we hold off and there's somebody else that we look for? I mean, I think the field's wide open. My biggest concern is even for the Democrats and for the Republicans, I hope that we don't see like 16 candidates like we've seen before and then we have to whittle down to eight and then eight to four. Like that was just way too much. I think for both sides, they need to be targeting maybe the five people that they really believe have a legitimate shot and then go from there. All right. Um, so Mike. I, I, one last addendum to all that. Go for it. If, if Trump is not indicted for the January insurrection, he's not indicted for that. I think that builds his base up even more that he's that he's just he's he's unbeatable because the, his base is so strong and so powerful as far as his followers. They'll think that he got away with murder. So why not? Why can't he? He's a guy, the kind of guy we want. People love superheroes and they, his, base, his base look at him as a Marvel character, right? That he beats everything and runs around. That's, that's the only analogy I can give. It's crazy. Crazy times right now. I don't know the Democratic Party as anybody that could challenge a figure that is as polarizing and has a pipe, Pied Piper image that he does. Okay. He's in the media more than Joe Biden, our president, is. And it's concerning, yeah. yet it's pop culture. People love National Enquirer, People Magazine. He's that. He's, in, he's entertaining. Then Democrats should bring on Al Franken. Why not? Okay. All right. Second uh, second topic here. We're going to do a little politics. Okay. If if Trump prevails and the GOP stays hard right, the question is, which country do you think a lot of Americans will move to? Fish, what do you think? I'm staying here. But if you had to move anywhere, anywhere, you got to move to a place that has access to direct TV and the NFL network, and that's Australia. <laughs> because the women are beautiful, you have beaches, you got great restaurants, and at four in the morning, Hardline and I are watching NFL games, and by 10, we're in the bar drinking because our, our games are over the whole day to hang out and, and, and talk about it. They love, they, they love everything American down there, and they're far away from everything. So is there ever a nuclear conflict? The radiation, that, that great book, On the Beach, that movie, on the series On the Beach, is the, they were the last to get the radiation. It took two years. So your, your beaches, beauty, football. They love baseball. They love sports. All right. There's no violence there. They have not had gun violence since 1988. So if you're going to move anywhere, and I'm going to say I have a lot of family in Australia. So I'm being kind of biased on that. But I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right here. It's still the greatest country on the planet. Mm -hmm. Hardline, where, where, where do you think Americans will go? Uh, if they did move anywhere, probably Costa Rica. I mean, there's a a large sub sub uh, a large amount of people moving there right now. 
I mean, in terms of its proximity to going back and forth in America, it's cheaper to live. Uh, you can make whatever money that you have already stretched. It's amazing how many expats are already down there <laughs> living right now. So, I mean, if they're going to go anywhere, so probably Costa Rica would be my guess. Those those are the two countries that I hear from a lot of other people. The other one is Panama, and it's mm -hmm. because it's on the American dollar. So your dollar, actually, you don't have to do too much exchanging there. All right. All right, cool. All right. Um, let's let's move to another uh, topic here. Um, Chinese President Xi and President Biden uh, had what was called a productive meeting. So the question is, is Putin backed into a corner? Fish, what, what do you think on that? This is the scariest topic, I think, of the three we talked about. We, politics are always going to be a major force in our lives now, come with the 2024 or sooner than you think. But Putin, the Russians are getting their proverbial asses kicked in the Ukraine. I don't care what anyone says on any network, they're losing, right? And I think Putin had in his back pocket because of their communistic backgrounds that China was going to be on board with them and the, both them and as a, them as a power and China as a power together could block anything the United States wanted to do. I, I always thought this, I'm not political, I relied on John Gibbs, but I did some research, that China is more into the global market and wants to have basically more commerce and a capitalistic society when dealing with trade and business-wise. So they're, they're going to side with us. And they, they did agree business deals, Biden and Xi, and that's where the production productive meeting came about. No, they didn't agree on human rights, but it's about moving our countries forward techno technologically and stuff like that. We're by, real quick, I don't want to be long-winded on this, where Putin's backed in the corner, If he, he's the kind of guy that's scary to me. If he has no backing from another superpower, and he's getting his ass kicked, and he looks bad, he's got a huge ego, what do you usually do? You unleash everything. And I'm very nervous about that. I shouldn't be. And he's beginning to. Hardline, what do you think? No, I think, you know, fish at everything that needs to be said. And I, I totally agree. And look, that is the thing about China. At the end of the day, it's about the almighty dollar with them. And if anything's going to mess with their uh, their supply chain or anything mess with that, it's that comes first and then everything else. So, you know, look, um, it is nerve wracking. You don't know what Putin's it, what the ace up his sleeve is if he does have one. And in anybody that's willing to go down with the ship, that's a scary person. Right. Yeah, and I know I know you're kind of referring to possibility of nuclear weapons, but what he's doing right now is pulling the troops out, and he's just sending missiles over, you know, ad nauseum. And uh, it, what he's trying to do is knock out all of their energy so that these people are going to, you know, freeze to death because yeah. and starve, you know. So so he's kind of doing that now, and you're beginning to see that. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I think it's a legitimate concern about. Uh, what could be happening over there. And it's something we've all got to be aware of. I think, I think we got to hope that somebody inside the Russian government takes them out. Fish, okay. I want to, I want to change subjects a little bit because we have about eight minutes ago because we, I consider you guys family and Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday because it provides the three F's fornication, food, and football. What other holiday Provides that. Look at Hardline. He's keeping his mouth shut, but you know he's doing the same thing. I'll put the hair up there again. Get you going, buddy. I want to ask you guys. I want to ask you guys. What does Thanksgiving look like in one of your favorite? What does Thanksgiving look like in the daily household at the best of times? And you two are seeing the family around, and I'll I'll, I'll go last because I'm having 25 people over this house on Thursday, wow. so it's gonna be great. Wow. Yeah. Well, my, my my whole wife's family lives in in uh, in Ohio and um, Florida. 
So they're all coming out, and it's, it's going to be a lot of good. But I want to ask you guys what your favorite memories of Thanksgiving, whether it's a game, whether it's a rat, I mean, we've done around games, whether it's a meal, a funny story, and we have about eight minutes, so take your time. Go, don't you guys shoot, and I'll go last. Go ahead, Dan. All right. Uh, well, I, I would say um, it's certainly been uh, for the last, I'd say, 30 years or so, uh, my Terry and I being married and being with uh, my father-in-law, Dave, and my mother-in-law, Sarah. And Sarah's still around. We've lost Dave. Um, but uh, one of the things, and again, I, I cooked the Thanksgiving turkey. And um, I would say about, <clears throat> had to be over 20 years ago, I came up with this new recipe. It's a Coca-Cola turkey. And you based it in Coca-Cola. And it turned out spectacular. Wow. <clears throat> and so Dave goes, this is the best I've ever had. So I'd say about five years later, I said, I said, hey, I'm going to try a new recipe. He goes, no, you're not. You are not trying another recipe. <laughs> That's the only turkey you're going to make. So from that point on, I've, I've always made the Coca-Cola turkey. So I always kind of do it as a kind of a tribute to Dave because he absolutely went nuts over it. And then, of course, you know, Thanksgiving was great because he was a great football fan, as you know, Fish. Uh, and, um, so we ended up watching the games together. So it was, uh, it was that, and we would, uh, you know, if people were alone, we'd bring them in to have, um, have dinner with us. And, um, so it was, uh, you know, even though it was a family thing, we brought other families in and, uh, it was just, it was just always, it's great memories. And we're still, we're going to do that. Even though Dave's not going to be with us, we have other families coming in and we're going to be doing that this weekend as well, this Thursday. So hardline, go ahead. Uh, so, uh, <clears throat> As a kid, if you grew up in Detroit, you know that there's a Thanksgiving Day Parade. And I don't think a lot of people really know it because their idea is just the Macy's Day Parade, all the big floats going down. But we have a very similar thing in Detroit as well. And so as a kid, we used to go to the Thanksgiving Day Parade. And you got to kind of get there early because it gets packed. I mean, you know, it's people pushing and shoving uh, off of sidewalks. Everybody wants to see all the parades and everything that goes from there. So uh, as a kid, we would get up early, drive down to the city watch the Thanksgiving Day Parade, and then it would, it's kind of like it forts. So about probably a third to half of the people would then walk to uh, Ford Field when they got it downtown as I became a teenager. The other portion would then drive north to the Pontiac Silverdome from the city, which is about like 30, 40 minutes, and go watch it. And then we would go home and get ready to watch the Lions play. And every year, uh, if you're a Detroit fan, you're you would have hope for the first quarter, and then you know it was disappointment for the next three. And I know people are upset. But when you're a Lions fan, you just know things are going to bottom out. And every year you look at the schedule to see who you play on Thanksgiving, and they never give us a bum team on Thanksgiving. They always give us a really good team for some reason. I don't know if it's just to show Detroit can get their ass kicked across the nation, but, you know, hey, you watch it and you hope. Uh, and the one that always sticks out to me, God bless them. They thought that putting Tom Brady on Thanksgiving Day in Detroit would be great because he went to University of Michigan. What a terrible idea because that day Tom Brady threw five touchdowns and then ate the turducken in front of all of us. Yeah, told you. It's just the way that it goes. That's just the Lions way of Thanksgiving. <laughs> you just know what you're getting that day. And so, uh, you know, it's good. Sometimes you get snow, which makes it even better uh, in that Michigan area. But, you know, you got people that are having uh, football games in the backyard and you can see people going. And it's one of the times that I actually miss when you're in Vegas, things are open just because everybody has a different uh, schedule. Most people work on the holidays out here. 
Uh, but in Michigan, it's something magical where you see most things just shut down. And I think you forget about that time and quality that everybody gets on that day. Good recall. Fish, go ahead. My favorite Thanksgiving is my favorite was last season, was last year. April, the NFL schedule comes out. I said, Vicky, my wife's name is Vicky. Play the Dallas Cowboys. I don't care what you do, but we're not eating dinner to this game, all right? So this is my man cave. And the only one allowed in my man cave when I watch a football game is my son, Max. Okay. okay. I locked the door. Cousin, cousin, ben, cousin McWeeny. They're all knocking the door. We come, no, get the fuck out. And, then, and my, I hear my wife go, why are you being so rude? And I heard my, my Aunt Marcy say, you know what? The Raiders are going to lose because of the comma, right? And it goes into overtime, and they're waiting to eat. And I hear my father-in-law said, we're waiting on a football game. The Raiders are going to lose. But what happens? It goes into overtime, and Daniel Carlson kicks a field goal. And I walk out, and all this, not one person said congratulations. I said, eat, motherfuckers. The Raiders won. It was great. <laughs> the fact that I, I, I moved everything in my life around football the schedule comes out. I tell my wife six months later, no one comes in that room. They're all going to try. I'm watching this game and dinner's afterwards. It's a big deal. It's 15, 20 minutes late. You know, I mean, look, guys, things are like this. And we have time for this, okay? This is my house last year. Sorry, Gabriel. You started without me? You cut the turkey without me? Come on, relieve. They start without us, we go. Every year you are late, Gabriel. We were hungry, the kids wanted to eat, we were ready, we couldn't wait. You're all flesh and blood and you couldn't wait? You cut the turkey? That's it. That's the last time we come for Thanksgiving. Gabriel. <laughs> the great the great movie avalon and that's it that's it so everything about this this holiday means you're thankful for your fam friends and family you're thankful for everything but the fact that we could put the lions against a good team watch the watch the lions beat the bills just to shut this handsome fucker up i swear to god i, I think you know, there's, a good, I think uh, there's uh, a good uh, chance of it i think there's a really good chance of it i had your optimism so much i wish i had it Oh, I wish I had it. You're rooting for it, and we got we got the pad. Good games, Giants, Giants and Dallas, divisional game. Yep. And you know what? I, big shock. I, I, we got a minute to go, but if yeah, if I ask you a shocker yesterday, not that Dallas won, but forty to three hard line, forty to three yeah. in Minnesota. Yeah, that was a big big shock. Just a rollover, a rollover. And, yeah. and and you know, Daily, God bless you. You're you're from the you're from that part of the world in the in the Northeast. Imagine you know you know that fact. Imagine being in that cold stadium, and you're thinking, "Oh, we're going to overtime," and a guy runs a punt back with 15 seconds to go. Those fans are going crazy. You would think that they just, you know, they're all they just all won the Powerball. So, on that note, I say goodbye to you guys. We got 30 seconds. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Happy Thanksgiving and, uh, to you guys. Pleasure. Have a good one. All right, folks. And hey, if there were daily fish, if you want to write us. It's dailyfish1 at gmail.com. You can catch us on Facebook. You can also catch us on YouTube as well. And we're on Spotify, iHeart, Apple, and Stitcher, and Amazon as well. 
All right, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Back at you.